Hello and welcome to Wireless Millennial. I'm your host, Emmeline. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Wireless Millennial. I am back. We are here for episode number 11. I hope everybody is having a wonderful week this week. I hope that the sun is shining wherever you are because now everybody is in summertime. See, I live in Florida, so it's always summertime where I am. But now for all my lovely friends that live up in the north, your summertime has now finally arrived. This last week, I was able to spend the week actually in Utah. I was able to fly out for a friend's wedding. I had so much fun. I was stayed up way too late, way too many nights. And I ended up getting a cold on my way home. It was a cold mixed with allergies, though, because, you know, when you're over in those Wasatch Mountains over in Utah, the cotton trees were everywhere, literally everywhere. It looked like it was snowing everywhere I was walking. And then the wedding was in a greenhouse, like nursery plant situation. So my allergies, they just exploded. So my whole trip home, I was just thinking, oh, I have allergies super bad. No. The allergies carried on to a cold. I ended up testing myself just in case to make sure it wasn't COVID. I mean, secretly, I was trying to get out of work for five days. It was negative, though. So I don't get out of work for five days. Now I'm still in work for the next five days. But I am back in Florida for this week. And I'm home for this week. And then next week, I'm heading off to Orlando for some work training. And let me tell you, people. Yes, Florida is unbelievably hot and humid in the summertime, but Orlando is its own beast. It is so hot and sweaty. It is just, you could seriously cut that humidity with a knife. It is potent. It is just so thick and slimy. And oh my goodness, I have no idea how people actually live in Orlando. Last year for my job training, I was in Orlando for about two and a half weeks straight And I just remember thinking all the time that like everybody that was there was visiting for training for the airline and they were all talking to me about how they had no idea how I could survive in Florida with that insane amount of heat and humidity. And I just kept telling them all time and time again, I'm like, it is different when you live by the coast. It is different. Yes, it is still hot and humid, but this is unbearable how hot and humid it is. I just, nobody could pay me enough to live in Orlando. I mean, yeah, living close to Disney World is great and all, but it is, it's its own beast. I actually flew into Orlando on my flight back from Utah and I had some friends pick me up and I just remember getting out of the airport and just thinking, wow, this is super hot and humid. Holy smokes. But anyway, alrighty, we're going to jump right into episode number 11 Today, we're going to be talking about the East Coast versus the West Coast. So I have, I live technically on the East Coast because I live in Florida. People also consider it the South. But when you compare, you know, California to Florida, it's obviously on the East Coast, right? So today, we're going to be talking about the different personality traits that come from the East Coast versus the West Coast, just differences between the two because they are pretty drastic. I was really surprised really how different they were because I remember, so I went to university in Idaho and I remember we had a class where there was a bunch of kids that were from New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, and then there was a bunch of kids that were from California, Oregon, Washington, and they were talking about the differences between the East Coast versus the West Coast. And I remember sitting there like in the middle of class because, you know, I was from Utah. I have a Utah's so heavily 
uh, influenced by California. And I remember sitting there thinking like, wow, I wonder, are these places really that different? Yes. Yes, they are. I would say 90% of the people I work with and associate with here in Florida, all of them are even from like New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. They're all from those areas. So I do feel like I'm very heavily influenced because those are the people I spend most of my time with. They're all from those Northeast states. So the quote that I heard right off the bat was the East Coast is kind, but not nice. And the West Coast is nice, but not kind. And I was kind of confused by this. And there was a story that somebody kind of put with this that I was like, that makes so much sense now. The story they gave was as if someone's car broke down in the middle of the street and they needed their tire changed, right? So picture this, someone's car's broken down. They need tire change. They don't know how to do it. Let's just say nobody ever taught them, right? So they're sitting there, they're staring at their car, their car, they're holding up traffic and you got, you're on the West Coast, right? You're on the West Coast. All these people are pulling past you saying, good luck, good luck. Like, wish you luck. Good luck, good luck, good luck. But none of them actually stopped to help you. They're all very nice, but none of them actually stopped to help you in this scenario. Then, now your car broke down on the East Coast. You don't know how to change your tire. Everyone's driving past you. They're flipping you the bird. They're saying, hey, get out of the way. What's wrong with you? What are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And then somebody pulls over their car and they're like, what's wrong with you? You don't know how to change your tire. And you're like, no, I never learned. They're like, wow, well, move out of the way. Can't believe you don't know how to do this. Let me do it. They're over there. They're chewing you out the whole time. They're changing your tire. And they say, get it together. Next time you learn how to change your tire, blah, 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 blah. And then they drive off and they change your tire. Do you get the scenario I'm saying here? So on the West Coast, they're going to be super nice to you, but they're not actually going to help you. The East Coast, they are going to chew you out. They are going to spit you out. But guess what? They're going to have helped you in the end of it, right? So again, the East Coast is kind, but not nice. The West Coast is nice, but not kind. And I just think that is the most interesting statement. So when I was in a class in university in Idaho, the main thing that they talked about was loyalty. And they said, you know, on the West Coast, they're going to be so nice to you. They are going to be there. Like they're going to like be just so nice to your face. They're going to tell you how beautiful you are, all these things. But when moving day comes, they're not going to show up to help you move. Not one bit. And on the East Coast, you know, you might get a couple like jabs at you. You might get told just blunt honesty all the time. Be like, girl, you look terrible. Or what's wrong with your face? Or those shoes look so hideous on you. Or just all those things. But at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones that show up on moving day. So loyalty is a big thing. And it actually makes a pretty big difference. So within my job, all of you guys know I talk about all the time. I'm a gate agent at the airport. And I work with a massive majority for the Upper East Coast. And, you know, those people are pretty intense, but the good thing is they can take the intensity back. Like they are not like totally thrown back by it. I mean, don't, I'm not going to lie. They yell at me. They yell at me a lot and they'll yell at me for like the silliest things, but guess what? They can take it back and they can take sarcasm so much better. It's amazing. It's very interesting though, because when I see someone come through with like a California license or a Nevada license or a Washington or Oregon license, I can tell because they are so nice. But then the other person comes through with the East Coast and, you know, they are jokey and they're ready to go. Um, but they could take the sarcasm back to them. 
Another thing, if I'm being honest, East Coasters and West Coasters look so different. I, when I flew back into Salt Lake Airport, again, I know Salt Lake's not literally on the coastline, but they are on the west side of the United States. When I drive, when I flew into Salt Lake, though, I get off at the airport and everybody was bleach blonde hair. They had mascara on. They were all in Patagonia, um, like attire. They were all dressed fairly, very nice. Um, they had makeup on. They all had really nice teeth. They all smelt really good. The airport was really nice. And keep in mind, I had just flown from JFK to Salt Lake. And in JFK, people, you know, they did their own things. They have their headphones in. They're worrying about what they got to worry about. They are in a rush. So it's just, it's such a different lifestyle. And, but it's really cool to see how different people will adapt and change to what that lifestyle they're in. Yes, I was raised highly influenced from the West Coast, but I actually highly prefer the East Coast. I love the blunt honesty. I just love the classiness, let's say, of the East Coast. So this is another thing we're going to jump into now. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about wealth on West Coast versus the East Coast. So when you think of wealth on the West Coast, you are thinking of hot new money. It's Kardashians. It is Hollywood. It is Leonardo DiCaprio. It is Tesla. It is hot, hot, hot money. It is brand new. It is Botox. It is lip fillers. It is butt fillers. It is everything. It's tummy tucks. It's just Botox. It's everything. When you think of Selling Sunset, the show, that is new hot money on the West Coast. There's not a lot of old money that exists on the West Coast. There's old Hollywood. Keep that in mind. There's old Hollywood, but not old money. So then now we're going to compare it to the East Coast money. East Coast is wealthy. So West Coast is rich. East Coast is wealthy. That is where you are getting old money. That's your Vanderbilts. That's like you know, Mrs. Astor back in like the old New York days, right? Where you have the different Vanderbilt mansions, you have old wealthy money where they're driving around in, you know, old Porsches. They're wearing, you know, old, um, I'm trying to think like Chanel style, but then you, you don't have as much, you know, hair done. You don't have as much lip filler. You don't have as much Botox. If anything, it's kind of more of like a timeless piece versus a really like kind of crazy wild LA style on the other side. And both of them have money. Both of them have a lot of money, but it's very interesting and different what they do with that money. Another thing I would say is I feel the education world on East Coast versus West Coast is huge. If you think about it, think of all the different universities that are on the East Coast versus the West Coast. There are so many universities on the East Coast. And I think about like this old wealthy money that's on the East Coast, right? When you're looking at it, you're looking at this money has been in their family for decades, if not centuries, right? It is money that they are holding on to. It's within properties. It's with investments. It's within all those different things that they are holding on to that money. And guess what? They will literally kick that family member out. If that family member's not going to hold on to that fam- that money, that family member is gone, right? Then you have the West Coast where it is hot new money. You have the David Dobricks. You have the Kardashians. That money's only been around for less than 50 years, right? Where the money is, they're going to earn $10 million and then they're going to lose $10 million two years later, 
right? Where the money is so fluid on that side where people move into a $20 million home and then they go bankrupt and they're out of that $20 million home the same year in LA, you know? I've actually had this conversation um, one night. It was really late at night and I had this conversation with my friend and we were talking about the different wealth systems within the United States and we were talking about, you know, West Coast rich versus East Coast wealthy. And then you also have like the Texas tycoons. Oh my goodness. It is just, it's so interesting to see how all these different people make so much money and how they all treat it so differently and how they all invest it so differently or don't invest it. It's very interesting, but we're going to move on from money. And now we're going to talk about weather. So on the East coast versus West coast, we're going to start talking about weather for the Northeast. So, well, just East coast in general. So on the East coast, you get what they're called nor'easters. Yes. I'm not talking about Easter. That's what I used to think it was. It's nor'easters or Northeastern storms. And they are where you get these massive snowstorms that come through and they just jump dump like 10 feet of snow. Okay. Maybe not that dramatic, but like three to four feet of snow and they knock out everything like New York city shut down, Massachusetts shut down. The thing they have the plows and everything for this. It's just that it's dropping so much snow so fast that it basically shuts everything down. Like I think about a lot of our flights go up to the Northeast. The airports are completely shut down because guess what? They have like five feet of snow on Buffalo, New York airport runway, you know? And then after that, you also have tornadoes. So along with tornadoes comes my, my hurricanes. So hurricanes, they sweep through the East coast, right? Like boom, boom, boom. You can hit your Florida, your Carolinas, your Massachusetts, your Maine, all along the East coast, you get covered in a hurricane. You also can get your hurricanes up through the panhandle, the Gulf, all that jazz, right? But with hurricanes, I don't know if you knew this, hurricanes are like layers, where you could have tornadoes on the outside layers of the hurricane. Yeah, didn't know that until I moved here because I was working. My boss was like, you need to go home now because you don't know when a tornado is going to come swoop through. And I'm like, a tornado? What? I'm not living in Kansas. But yes, yeah, so tornadoes can be on the outsides of all the hurricanes. And along with that, you also have lightning storms, massive weather lightning storms. So at work, we have these massive maps that show like, weather radar and what we can see. And it is so wild to me because I'm always like, I feel like there's a storm here every day. And then you look at the map and where I grew up in Salt Lake city, there's like no weather over that side of the U S and then in California is clear. No, no problems. But then the East coast is smothered. You have snowstorms, you have rainstorms, you have lightning storms, you have all different types of storms that are causing all of this crazy commotion. So I was reading this article and this person was talking about seasonal burnout on the East Coast. And they're talking about how they are, you have such a seasonal burnout because any moment you have good weather, you are rushing outside trying to enjoy that weather because you don't know how long it's going to last. Opposed to California, Oregon, Seattle, yeah, you have your rainy seasons and your fire seasons and stuff like that. But you don't really have a lot of bad weather days in the year. So on the East Coast, if you see that it's a nice weather day, you are rushing out the door because you are trying to soak up that weather as much as possible because you don't know when you're going to get a lightning storm or a rainstorm or a snowstorm or a hurricane that is going to completely enable you from being able to spend any time outside, which has been very interesting to me because on the West Coast, it's something that was never worried about. 
Because on the West Coast, you know, you have your fires and you have your earthquakes. But really, that's kind of it. Yeah, up in Seattle, you get your rainstorms. You have your rainy season. But you know what? Summer hits. Seattle's great. And the people that live over in Seattle, they know exactly what they're putting themselves into. They say, yeah, I know it's going to rain here all summer or all winter, but we're going to be fine. So it's very interesting hearing about the seasonal burnout versus the weather situation because there's a lot of people that I was looking at. They move from the East Coast to the West Coast purely because of the weather because they are tired of feeling like they're cooped up in their house all the time. Right now we have entered into rainy season and hurricane season in Florida and it's kind of interesting because it feels like my weather systems have swapped places after being in Utah. And by flopping places, what I'm meaning is, you know, in Utah, you get your fall and then you kind of get your snowy season in November, December, January, February, March, April. So all of those months, you're kind of an in-house person where you, you know, you read books, you get snuggled into on your couch, you watch the storms outside. It's a long process. Down in Florida during the summertime, you hit your hurricane and rainstorm season. And so this is the season now where it's really hot and muggy during the day, but come the afternoon, your thunderstorms and your rainstorms roll in. And let me just say, it pours. It rains so much. You'll get like seven inches of rain in one afternoon and your whole yard will look like it's flooded. And then all of a sudden, the second it stops raining, it like just goes right down into the earth, which is weird because I'm used to desert landscape where if it rains too much, it just is flooded. Everything's flooded. Your basement's flooded. You have your rain gutters are pouring. It's just wild. But I was just thinking about like, so I'm now in my season where it's kind of my like fall cozy season. And come wintertime, that is when I'm outside every single day. So we have kind of a fall, winter, cozy season for about July, August, and September here is when you really aren't outside too much. You kind of go from your a house to your a car to your a job versus in, you know, western or northern places, you kind of go from your heated facilities um, what, November, December, January, February, March, April for most of those months. But anyway, all right, next on the list, we are going to talk about travel. So something that I noticed was a pretty big difference is versus West Coast and East Coast is they travel so differently. So when I was living over on the West side of the United States, I mostly stick to the West side just because it's more affordable. I don't have to pay to fly. You can drive. I can't even tell you how many times I've been to San Diego, Los Angeles. I've been to Catalina Island multiple times. I've been to Seattle probably 10 times at least, maybe 15. I've been to Idaho a million times. I've been to Las Vegas at least 50 times. I've been to Arizona. I've been to Mexico a few times. There, It's just in Hawaii. This is a huge one. Everyone from the West Coast has probably been to Hawaii, right? Multiple times. Okay, now we're going to switch it over to East Coast. People from the East Coast think that Vegas is like the coolest, most hip place ever. And they've never been. And they want to go so bad. And they're like, oh my goodness, you have been to Zion's, or they'll say Zion's National Park. Or they'll say you've been to Los Angeles. Or you've been to Hawaii, because I don't think you guys realize for my West Coasters that are listening, Hawaii is literally like a six hour time difference for people on the East Coast, six to what, eight hour time difference. It's crazy. But if you look at like the flying time too, so from Utah to Hawaii, what is that like a six, a four to six hour plane ride? 
from the East Coast to Hawaii. Oh, my Lanta. You're flying just five hours from here to LA and then you're getting on another four-hour plane ride? That is like nine hours of flying. You could get to Europe faster than you could get to Hawaii. So out here, I'll wear like a hoodie that says Hawaii on it. And people are like, oh my goodness, you've been to Hawaii? And I'm like, yeah, it's like not that crazy. Because people on the West Coast, that's like their tropical destination they go to, right? Okay, so now we're going to flip flop on the East Coast. These people, they go to the Caribbean all the time. They have been down the Caribbean. They've been to all like all the states on the East Coast. And for me, it's so wild because, you know, they talk to me like Hawaii's this, you know, super tropical, like crazy. It's like getting to Fiji for them. Wildness to go to Hawaii. But then I was mentioning to them that I was going to Boston, Massachusetts for my first time. They thought I was crazy. They're like, you've never been to Boston, Massachusetts before? And I'm like, no, it's pretty far away from Salt Lake City or California or Washington or Idaho. And so it's pretty wild. And then even now that I live down in Florida, a lot of my coworkers, they just get on cruises all the time. I have one coworker. She probably goes on a cruise once a month. It is wild. Also, I live by a lot of major cruise ports. Like I am two hours from Tampa and Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Those are major cruise ports. So a lot of my coworkers would be like, yeah, I have five days off. I'm just going to go take a cruise. So crazy to me. But when you live on the West Coast, the only cruise ports really are Seattle and LA. And those aren't very close for everybody. And really those cruises are either taking you to Alaska or they're taking you to Mexico. Other than that, you don't have really a lot of cruise options, but on the East Coast, you can do anything that takes you up to Maine. You could do stuff that takes you over to the Eastern Caribbean, the Western Caribbean. You could also have something that takes you just through the Gulf of Mexico to Honduras, to Colombia. There's so many different options on the East Coast for travel, and they're like a dime a dozen out here. Like Everybody's been to all of these places, and it is so wild to me to think that all these people have been all these places. Also, too... I mean, realistically, on the East Coast, before I moved to Florida, the only place I had ever been was I went to Orlando when I was 11, and then I had went to New York when I was 24. Two places in my whole life, and yet I've been to literally every state and every city on the West Coast, except New Mexico, because ugh, what in the heck is in New Mexico? I don't even know what's in New Mexico. But I've been everything on that coastline. I've even been to Alaska. I've lived all up within Canada. And I've been to Alberta. Like literally everything West Coast I've been to. So it's been so fun to be over on the East Coast and just see how many options are open. Also, Europe travel or like just anywhere in that region, right? Like you could go to Spain. You could go to, I don't even know, the Caribbean. It is just so much closer to your fingertips. Like for me, I could fly out of Miami to Europe and be there in the amount of time it could take me to get to LA. Isn't that wild? That is so wild to me. So that's why I'm like being over here on the East Coast has opened up my travel world so much because when we were living on the West Coast, my husband and I were pretty big travelers. We're like, hey, we've seen everything. We've done everything on this side of the coastline. So it's been so amazing to be now on the opposite side of the coastline and everything is new and fresh where we're like, Okay, St. Augustine, the oldest city in America, the oldest, the, the Fountain of Youth is there. Yeah, 
let's go to St. Augustine, Florida. Absolutely. I went to Washington, D.C. for my first time. I went to Salem, Massachusetts. I went to Boston, Massachusetts. Just so many really cool places that I never would have had the like opportunity to go to as often if I wasn't so close to them. Like for me to get from here to New York City on a plane is like two hours and 15 minutes. Isn't that wild? That is like the same distance for me to get from Salt Lake to L.A. So wild. And through all of this, something that is kind of ironic is, you know, East Coasters, they know their East Coast states really well, but they don't know their West Coast states. And they make fun of me for not knowing like right on a map where, let's say, Rhode Island is. Okay, if you're listening to this, you're making fun of me. I'm sorry. There's a lot of states on the East Coast. Okay, but then they get upset at me, but then they don't know the West Coast. And I'm like, do you know there are like five states over there? Like, how do you not know where Utah is? I get asked all the time if Utah is by Kentucky. I get asked all the time if Utah is by the North Dakotas. And I'm like, no, it's like the ocean, Oregon, Utah, right there, right in a row. And they're like, wow, I just, I don't know that side. So if anything, the East Coaster should be more ashamed because the West Coast is so easy. It is so easy to know the West Coast, but the East Coast, Oh my goodness. That is a whole other level. I'm telling you, like West Virginia, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, like those are states that I just struggle pointing out on a map, but there's way more states over here than over there. So come on, people cut me some slack. But anyway, everyone, thank you so much for listening to me talk about some East Coast, West Coast differences. Sometimes it can be a little bit of a battle between which one is better. I think it purely comes down to personality type. And I think some places just fit better with other people. I think people, if they're genuinely just nicer, West Coast is for you. If you're a people pleaser, West Coast is for you. If you're a person that just wants the cold hard facts and wants to get it done and wants to know who their friends are and that's it, East Coast is for you. I feel like I'm genuinely a pretty nice person, but I really love how bluntly honest those East Coasters are. They are my favorite. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for listening this week of Wireless Millennial, and I'll catch you next week for a new episode. Thank you again for joining me for another episode of Wireless Millennial. Don't forget to rate, review, and share with friends, and I will see you next week for another episode of Wireless Millennial.